Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 21 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This is part one of a two-part case. Listener caution is advised as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. Nisha Patel Nasri and her husband Fadi Nasri lived on Sudbury Avenue in Wembley, northwest London. 29-year-old Nisha was a hairdresser and special constable with the police force. Fardy, 32, ran a limousine for hire business from the detached property the couple shared. The pair had been living at the address for around six months and prior to that resided at Nisha's family home on Rugby Avenue, approximately half a mile away. Nisha and Fadi had met in 2001. They were engaged at the end of the following year, before tying the knot in Berkshire during 2003. Thursday, May 11th, 2006, marked their third wedding anniversary. That evening, Nisha had cut the hair of her husband and her brother Kitan at his home on Rugby Avenue as he was due to marry in the coming days. After a night of celebrating with a home-cooked meal, Nisha's husband went out to play snooker at the Collindale Club on Edgware Road. He promised not to be in late. After doing some late-night accounting for her husband's business, Nisha was in the kitchen, 
putting together the things she would need for a chocolate fountain, one of the centerpieces at her brother's wedding. Nisha securely locked the property and retired to bed. As the residents of Sudbury Avenue were settling in for the night, the faint noise of cars passing was pierced by a high-pitched scream. It was close to midnight, and following the sounds of a scuffle, crying could be heard, followed by the word, Bachao. The word means help in Hindi. Hearing the commotion, residents on the quiet avenue were quick to jump from their beds, peering out of their bedroom windows to see what had happened. Footsteps were heard rushing from the scene. Luca Thompson and his wife Geraldine were neighbours to Nisha and Fadi and were certain that the scream came from next door, though they were not sure if it was just children messing about. But Nisha and Fadi didn't have children. Luca saw Nisha outside, clutching her leg and holding a torch. Running downstairs, grabbing his dressing gown as he flew out the door, Luca could still hear the screams. He met Nisha who was standing up, staggering. Her right hand covered what appeared to be a knife wound. She was fighting to breathe. Someone stabbed me, she said. Please call the police. Barefoot and clothed in a bloody nightdress, Nisha collapsed. She had been stabbed in one of her legs, close to the groin. The knife had penetrated an artery. She was bleeding to death. Providing first aid, Nisha's neighbours Luca Thompson and Ganesh Shah did what they could, stemming the flow of blood with a dressing gown and trying to get Nisha to communicate as she fought to catch her breath. The last thing Luca heard her say was, Where am I? as he noticed the thick trail of blood from Nisha's front door to the spot where she fell to the ground. After the emergency services were called by Luca's wife, an ambulance crew navigated the busy London streets on their way to the scene, arriving ten minutes later. Fadi was contacted and told his wife had been attacked. At first, he thought the call was a prank. Upon learning the truth, and arriving back at the quiet suburb he called home, Fadi could see the street illuminated by the blue lights of the ambulance. He watched on as the paramedics fought to save his wife's life before she was placed on a stretcher and put into an ambulance. Nisha was rushed to Northwick Park Hospital, and nurses and doctors did what they could to stop the bleeding, but the attacker had severed her femoral artery. The doctor's efforts were in vain. Nisha Patel Nazari passed away from a single stab wound. In the early hours of the following morning, as the flashing lights of the emergency services abated, police officers started to go door to door, asking the homeowners of the tree-lined Sudbury Avenue if they had spotted either the attack or someone fleeing from the scene. Pools of blood were clearly evident outside, and only moments before her murder, Nisha had called 999 at 11.53pm, telling the operator, he's coming after me. The house had extensive security systems, including three panic buttons, 
one of which was located in the main bedroom and one just inside the front door. This suggested to detectives that someone had gained entry to the home, even if the attack took place outside. Police were not sure if Nisha was stabbed either in the house or just outside the front door. There had been so much blood. Reporters recounting the events the following day were almost sure that Nisha had stopped a burglary. Floral tributes continued to arrive all day. The large Indian community in Wembley has been shocked by the killing. She was one of a relatively small number of Asian women to volunteer as a special constable. And I just saw from my window that lady is there and she's asking for help. Call police, call police. And I seen the blood was all over, you know, the front here. And I thought it was a passerby. And they said, no, the girl is lying there. So she was lying in, kind of, in her driveway. My colleague asked her, what happened? That somebody stabbed me and uh, please call police. And see, by the time she was wa- walking towards her house. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as we went there, she was collapsed in her apartment. But I asked the policeman and he said, um, well, he said she's um, very serious and that was it. As the investigation continues, the family of Nisha Patel Nasri are holed up nearby at the home of one of her relatives. They're consoling each other as this tragic news continues to sink in. The home was taped off with uniformed officers guarding the scene. Bouquets of flowers lined the street outside as the rain fell. A close friend, Andrew Dinney, was interviewed by a reporter for the Guardian newspaper and spoke of a woman who cared for her neighbours and community. Quote, She would be strolling the beat late at night for no pay, dealing with drunks and idiots. I often asked her why she devoted so much time to it and she said she wanted to put something back into the community. She had the courage to stand up to trouble. At barely five feet tall and slightly built, Nisha Patel-Nazri was later described as eager, brave and not easily scared. She hoped to start a family with her husband soon. On the night of her attack, Nisha had likely went downstairs to investigate a disturbance and came face to face with an intruder. The Luton-born 29-year-old, who by all accounts worked every hour God sent, cutting hair and carrying out the administration for her husband's limousine business, was also a special constable with the Metropolitan Police Force, allocated with collar number PC5116 when she joined the force three years earlier. A special constable has the same responsibilities as a regular police officer, wearing a similar uniform and carrying the same powers, although this work is done without payment, volunteering simply for the love of the job and to help the community. Nisha was described as tremendously popular with her colleagues, who regarded her as a real team player. A neighbour simply said that she was a very nice, very friendly girl. A family friend, Milan Kamdar, was interviewed about Nisha's role as a special constable and why she chose to do it. I asked her, you know, why did she do it? I said, well, I uh, want to help my uh, community. And I said, well, there are other ways of helping. That is not that. She said that there are too many charity organisations trying to help various charity causes and such. But our day-to-day life 
uh, on the street where we live, around where we live, the surrounding area and all that. Crime is one of the biggest things, she said. So she wanted to play an active role into that. Shell-shocked and dodging reporters' cameras, Nisha Patel-Nasri's husband Fadi came out of their home this afternoon after a brief visit to collect some personal belongings. In a tribute to his late wife, Fadi Nasri spoke of how proud he was of the work she did as a special constable. The widower said, No one else could touch her. Nisha was always helpful and always so forgiving. She was extremely hard-working, bubbly, and always on the go. I have just been hoping she will come back, but it's not going to happen. At the time, officers working the case did not believe there was any connection between Nisha's role as a special constable and her death. As police gathered information about the attack, a neighbour of Nisha's had spotted a man dressed in a hooded top, seen fleeing the scene, heading south towards Harrow Road. He appeared to be walking with purpose, with his hands in his pockets. Additionally, as vehicles of considerable value were often parked outside the property, it was possible the potential thief-turned-murderer may have been looking to obtain the keys. Part of Sudbury Avenue was cordoned off as forensic officers worked the scene for any clues, carrying out a search of hedges and trees in the neighbouring properties. An appeal was made by an investigating officer, Detective Superintendent Julian Worker, who labelled the crime atrocious and horrendous. He said, I want to reiterate there was an awful lot of blood spilt here. I believe the murderer would have been contaminated with that blood. They may have come home with blood-stained clothes. There may be people who have their suspicions. I'm asking them to come forward. On the Saturday of the previous week, three men had tried to gain entry to the home on Sudbury Avenue, only for Nisha to scare them off. It was almost as if they had waited for her husband to be away from the property before they struck. Two very large black men, as they were described, stood inside the porch, having come through the unlocked porch door. They left when they were confronted. She had spotted the two men through the porch glass while cooking dinner around 10pm. A third man tried but ultimately failed to gain entry 10 minutes later after Nisha had secured the home. Nisha's husband told police that the incident had left her scared. A black-coloured Honda with blacked-out windows was seen outside the property, but there was little else to go on. As a result of the incident, Nisha was afraid of being alone in her house and always ensured that all the doors were locked. Her husband ordered security cameras, though they did not arrive in time. Detectives were uncertain if there were any connection to this incident, though chased down every lead that came their way. In spite of the attempted break in Anisha's attack, Sudbury Avenue was not the sort of area you would expect a murder. The street is spacious, seemingly a quiet spot away from the noise of North Wembley, where neighbours always look out for each other. Shamu Gorosia, 
A resident of Sudbury Avenue was interviewed by a reporter for the BBC. She said, Nisha was a mobile hairdresser, so a lot of people knew her because she cut their hair. Her brother was getting married this weekend and she would have been very happy preparing for the wedding. As a young girl, she had a lot of life to live. She had everything. Following a post-mortem, it was confirmed that Nisha Patel Nasri had died from a single stab wound to the thigh. Her brother Katan Patel, who was due to marry only days later, cancelled the ceremony. He told reporters that Nisha had practically organised a big part of the event, saying she was excited about the wedding. He said, Nisha will be hugely missed by everyone that knew her, especially by Fadi and myself. Things will never ever be the same. Fadi Nasri, Nisha's now bereaved husband, spoke of a hard-working wife who was helpful and forgiving. Fadi said that Nisha loved being a special constable during the three years in which she had carried out her duties. I was very proud of her, and when she said she wanted to do it I encouraged her, but I had my worries for her safety. When she dressed up to go out to work as a special, she would ask me, do I look cute? She was proud to wear the uniform. As police continued in their efforts to track down the man in the hooded top, spotted running away from the property, an incident room was set up, with police ever hopeful someone would speak up. A sheet of black tarpaulin had been placed over the entrance of the home on the leafy suburb, as a team of forensic officers continued to scour bins, drains and hedges. The investigating officers were certain if the male scene was the man responsible then he would likely be covered in blood. It was important that if anyone was aware of someone coming home in blood-stained clothing following the attack in the late evening of May 11th, they should come forward. Sudbury Avenue is around half a mile, with the northern part close to the North Wembley tube station running south until it reaches a T-junction at Sylvester Road. Detective Superintendent Worker was especially interested in speaking to a couple that were heading on to the southern part of Sudbury Avenue on foot. The pair, described as white, casually dressed coming out of Sylvester Road, were urged to contact the incident room as it was believed they may have spotted the hooded figure fleeing the scene. While officers from Scotland Yard placed a great deal of importance on the man who appeared to be running away, detectives were also interested in a second man who was walking calmly in the opposite direction towards East Lane. Though police were unsure of this individual's involvement, they requested he come forward so he could be eliminated. DS Worker told reporters, The truth of the matter is Nisha is screaming and he doesn't look back. Everybody's attention may have been drawn to the man running away instead of the man walking away. He may not have been involved, but I definitely need that person to come forward. As detectives considered the part the two mystery men played in the attack, 
Officers working the investigation were still trying to piece together the possibility that the foiled break-in the previous week on May 6th might be linked. They were keeping an open mind to all the possibilities. Nisha's husband Fadi Nasri and her brother Kitan Patel made a heartfelt plea from a police press conference to raise awareness about the murder, appealing to the person or people responsible to come forward. Fadi was not considered a suspect, as he was with a friend during the time of the attack. Obviously, someone's got a guilty conscience. Um, they'll be worrying about what they've done, or shocked, or maybe it was an accident or a mistake, or, or, or whatever. You know, uh, someone has got to know something. Who lives around them, a neighbour, or seen some blood, or someone acting suspiciously or nervous. Might not be important, but just give us a call and let us know. Had events not taken the tragic turn they did, Katan, Nisha's brother, would have been getting married on the same day he was now appealing for information about his murdered sister. She's not around, and I'm not even thinking about the wedding. I'm just thinking about her. We want somebody to come forward. The person who did this, you as well. Please come forward and just admit it, because Nisha didn't deserve this. I don't want anybody to go through what Fadi and myself are going through at the moment, because it's so hard. A few days after the attack, with the home forensically examined, police began to widen the search. It was being reported that it was possible Nisha may have been stabbed with a knife she had been carrying. Her wound was around 13 centimetres deep and would not have required much force to inflict. This gave credence to the belief that Nisha was investigating a disturbance as she was found with a torch. She may have also been carrying a knife to defend herself, only for the blade to be used against her. Along with an attempted break-in just under a week before Nisha was killed, and now the revelation that her husband had been threatened earlier in the year regarding his limousine business, evidence was not pointing to one specific avenue of inquiry. Though officers working the investigation were yet to find a murder weapon, they were of the belief that the knife used in the attack was taken from the couple's home, as one was missing from the knife block in the kitchen. Now, I don't know how it went missing, but what I do know is this, that we've searched the house, we've searched the scene immediately outside the house, and we can't find it. It is a possibility that Nisha took the knife out, detective worker would say. I know that the knife was in a block during the course of that day and it's now missing. It does match the profile of the injury. It was described as being crafted from a single piece of metal with the words John Lewis embossed on the side. The stainless steel knife around 30 centimetres in length, costing £125, was from the Evolution range from the high-end department store. During a statement to reporters, 
DS worker addressed the fact that the weapon had not been found, stating the killer may have assumed ownership of the knife, keeping it in their kitchen, or a member of the public could have picked it up, unaware it was used in a murder. It would only be a day later when Scotland Yard had tracked down the couple who were seen on the night of the attack. Detectives could now confirm that the individual they were after, who was spotted running away from the scene, was a black male. There was still no sign of the other male, however, as officers were still trying to track down the man who was seen casually walking away, as cries of help were heard from Nisha and Fardy's home. Almost two weeks after the murder, a further appeal was made for information from the studios of the BBC. A reconstruction on Crime Watch recounted the events which saw Special Constable Nisha Patel-Nasri stabbed to death outside her home. Nisha's husband pleaded for the person or people who killed his wife to come forward and hand themselves in. On the subject of his wife's death, Fadi would tell a camera crew, It's completely changed my life. You know, there are no words which can explain what it has done. She didn't deserve to die like that. The programme also mentioned a missing set of keys that had last been seen just under a month before the killing. On the keyring, there were two brass chub keys, one with a plastic handle, a multi-coloured Yale door key and a white-coloured metal mortise key lock. This tied into the fact that police had found no signs of a break-in, pointed to the intruder obtaining the keys and letting themselves in. Further details which had not yet been released described the man seen calmly walking from the scene as being around 5 feet 6 inches tall and detectives also sought to speak with the owners of an R-Reg Rover and a red saloon-style BMW parked nearby on the night that Nisha was killed. The Rover was seen around half an hour after the attack on Charterhouse Avenue, later being spotted on Rugby Avenue. The sports car was parked, but the engine was still running. By the following day, the programme's incident room had received around two dozen calls. However, investigating officer DS Worker from Scotland Yard said they had yet to identify any new leads. Police were sure someone knew the culprit, and a spokesperson told reporters, just one call that would make all the difference. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux. XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand, and now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours, and the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safer families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to Centair.com and using promo code AMONGUS for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at Centair.com. To inspire those who had been otherwise unwilling to come forward, a £30,000 reward was offered for information leading to the conviction of the person responsible for Nisha Patel Nasri's murder. The reward was offered by Crime Stoppers and the Sun newspaper were also offering an additional £10,000. Based on all the evidence available at the time, detectives theorised that Nisha was startled by a disturbance, and dressed in her nightwear armed with a knife, she went to investigate. Nisha was then attacked by persons unknown, and in the struggle, she was stabbed once with her own weapon. It was well known that Nisha's husband had been threatened in connection with the limousine business he ran from the home, or another possible reason related to Nisha's voluntary role she undertook as a special constable. This perhaps suggested that as the attacker or attackers were not armed with a weapon of their own, 
as a single stab wound was the cause of death. It was likely the assailants were not looking to kill the occupants, only threaten them, either wanting to rob the home and take the keys for the expensive limousines which were parked outside, or it could well have been a planned targeted assault that turned into an unplanned murder. On June 1st, 2006, Nisha Patel Nazri's funeral was held at Golders Green Crematorium. As the cortege made its way to the ceremony, more than 100 officers from Nisha's constabulary lined the streets to pay their respects. At her funeral, Nisha Patel Nasri was given a police guard of honour. Her family said today there was now one less person to help and protect the public. During the eulogy, a friend and close colleague, Chief Inspector Julia Pendry, addressed the 300 mourners. It is evident by the number of police colleagues here today that Nisha was a well-liked and popular member of the policing family who will be sadly missed. Andy Bamba, Brent Borough Commander, spoke of the tragic nature of knife crime and how Nisha's death was a stark reminder of the repercussions. He also mentioned the bond the officers had developed, making the events of the day feel like a family funeral, as well as paying respect to a fallen colleague. The police officers here today who have come to pay their respects thought a lot of her. We all did, he said. After the stabbing and subsequent murder of Nisha Patel Nazri, the press were quick to point to the increasing number of deaths where a knife or bladed weapon was used. The media labelled the knife crime epidemic as out of control, and it was hoped a nationwide government amnesty would encourage people to hand in their weapons without fear of prosecution. The BBC News listed several high-profile attacks. The same day Nisha was murdered, 21-year-old Carrie Burns was attacked with a samurai sword and then ran over in Concert County, Durham. A week later, Kyan Prince, a 15-year-old, was stabbed outside his school at London Academy in Edgware, northwest London. He died from a single knife wound to the chest. A week after that, a 14-year-old schoolboy was stabbed outside Heartlands High School in Birmingham and a day later a 19-year-old student, Tom Grant, was stabbed and killed while waiting for a train at Carlisle Station. At the end of May, Barry Wilson, 29, was stabbed to death outside his home in Knoll after arguing with his killer over the loan of 40 pence. Ken Livingston, Mayor of London at the time, was interviewed. If you decide to go out with a knife... You know that you might use it, you might take a life. And therefore, my view is if you're caught with a knife, then there should be a mandatory prison sentence and it should be a very tough one. David Wilson, author and expert in criminology, wrote an opinion piece in the Guardian newspaper about knife crime and why anyone, especially young men, would carry a bladed weapon. While he looked to find answers, he wrote... These questions have little to do with the criminal justice system, knife amnesties, stiffer prison sentences or the like. 
but are instead firmly rooted in the type of society that we have become and the values that we say we admire, especially in relation to masculinity. So instead of dreaming up new penalties for carrying knives, communities that want to be safe from them or indeed guns for that matter, would be far better off investing in good schools with well-paid and qualified teachers and in ensuring that young people, especially young men, feel valued and included and have jobs and training when they leave school. Four months after the stabbing, on the Quiet Avenue in North Wembley, a break in the case finally came. Police confirmed that they had found the knife used in the attack and had also managed to identify the car spotted close to the scene, which detectives were now certain had played some part in the crime. Two DNA profiles had been lifted from the weapon. One was Nisha's and the other police believed was her attacker. Although the sample was too degraded to be matched against the National DNA Database, it could be used to rule suspects out of the investigation. While DS worker heading the inquiry would not divulge how the knife was found, he told reporters that there were now a number of significant sightings captured on CCTV, which would build a substantial case. This included footage captured of an Audi A4 seen travelling on Harrow Dean Road. The car was filmed twice as it circled back around, with the driver stopping to possibly pick up a suspect. The road runs parallel to Sudbury Avenue, only 150 metres between them, but as houses line both streets, Harrow Dean Road can only be accessed on foot unless the driver travelled the half mile between the top and bottom of the street. Some distinctive features of the light-coloured vehicle were the car's licence plate which was not illuminated on the evening it was seen. There appeared to be discoloration or marking on the roof and it had a unique radio aerial. It was believed the car was manufactured between 2001 and 2004 with there being around 6,000 driven on the roads in Britain 1,000 of which were in London. The car had stopped at a red light near East Lane shortly after the murder, edging forward with the driver impatient for the lights to change, before speeding off the moment they turned green in the direction of Preston Road. Police also released an image taken from a CCTV camera of a person they wished to speak to. He was a black male dressed in a dark green top with a white hood, and light trousers. A second appeal was made on Crime Watch in the hope that a member of the public might be able to identify the man captured on CCTV. At the time, Detective Superintendent Julian Worker said, I really don't know the circumstances of what happened on May 11th. There are only two people that do, and one of them is dead. Officers would soon slowly piece together who killed Nisha Patel Nasri, but the question still remained. Why was she murdered? During the first week of December, nearly seven months since the attack on Nisha, 
two men were arrested in connection with the murder. The men, one aged 37 and one in his early 40s, from North and West London respectively, were in custody and being questioned at separate police stations. Also, the light-coloured Audi car seen near the scene was now impounded. It wouldn't be long until a third man, a 35-year-old also from East London, was arrested and being questioned by detectives. Due to the meticulous work by the officers involved in the investigation, the knife used in the attack was discovered in a drain near the scene. Further analysis of the area identified that a CCTV camera pointed onto the street where the knife was found, and officers quickly analysed the footage. A silver-coloured Audi which briefly stopped by the drain could be seen driving off. As the car was distinctive, it was compared to thousands of Audis on record, tracking it to its owner. The woman's boyfriend was interviewed, and he provided a statement that implicated someone else in the killing. The first of the men, Tony Emanuel, 41, who was driving the car police spotted on CCTV, appeared before Ealing Magistrates Court and would remain in custody until the new year. 35-year-old Jason Jones, whose occupation was listed as a doorman, also appeared before a West London Magistrates Court on the same charge of murder. The third man, who had yet to be identified, was released on bail, pending further inquiries there appeared to be little connection between the special constable who ran the hair salon perfections and the three men arrested. Maybe it was just a random break-in with tragic and ultimately fatal consequences. But at the end of February 2007, around nine months after Nisha Patel Nasri's murder, police arrived at an address in Wembley and arrested her then 33-year-old husband, Fadi Nasri. He was also arrested in connection with dealing drugs. However, after searches of his home and car showed no traces of any illicit substances, the charges were dropped. When he was told who else had also been arrested and charged in relation to his wife's death, Nasri started to cry. As news of the arrest sent a shock through the local community and hit the headlines across the country, Nasri appeared before a West London magistrate's court, along with Roger Leslie, 37, who had previously been released on bail. It was being alleged that Fadi Nasri had planned to have his wife killed. This is the end of episode 21. To hear more on the investigation, the trial and the outcome of the case, 
please tune in next week. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. You can reach us through social media on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Or for more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.